Happy New Year to LibriVox volunteers, listeners, and book nerds in general. This is Devorah Allen, that's Mighty Felix in LibriVox Forum Land, your host for this New Year podcast. To help me get things started off, Son of the Exiles has prepared an opening statement. He did mention he's bringing along a guest, someone I don't think I've met before, so I'm very happy to welcome them both. Good day, listeners. This is Son of the Exiles speaking to you from Sydney, Australia. And this is my sidekick, Bachelor Number One. He handles royalties, agency fees, and small pets. Just before we went to air for this podcast, I asked Bachelor Number One, Why are we here? He's just handed me this short statement by way of response. Ahem. He writes, Before we can approach the problem of why we're here, we have to first consider the nature of knowledge and its limitations. Making an appropriate distinction between noumena and phenomena, and by coordinating perceptions through rationally evolved concepts of comprehension, an analysis of experience follows and we arrive at the categorical imperative with its implicit concomitance. Ah, huh. I thought you told me you can't read. Oh, you read can't. Well, anyway, we took an exclusive LibriVox trotter poll. That's kind of like a Gallup poll, only we're not in so much of a hurry. And our LibriVox stable of reading talent has come up with this selection of newly available 1923 books that they're eager to start work on in the new year. That's right. This new year is important in relation to books published in 1923. In less than 36 hours from where I sit... Every book from that year, as well as certain other kinds of intellectual property, will reach the 95-year expiration date for their copyrights, and they will enter the public domain in the United States. This means it will be legal for anyone in the U.S. to print them, sell them, make derivative works from them, and in general do whatever they want with them without worrying about a lawsuit. Now, if you're new to the world of public domain, you might be thinking, okay, 95 years. So that means that last year, 1922 entered public domain, the year before that, there was 1921, the year before 1920, and so on. So it's just another year, right? Big deal. Well, that's where you'd be wrong. I'll let Tricia explain. I think that this year is more of an event than subsequent years will be, because it's the first time in a gazillion years, more or less, that anything has entered the public domain in the United States. The faucet has been turned on after having been turned off for millennia, more or less. That's entirely correct. Well, more or less. See, copyright terms weren't always 95 years. Back in the 90s, it was only 75 years. And, you know, before that, it was even shorter, but we won't go there. And then various and sundry entertainment corporations, who shall remain nameless realized that they were about to lose control of certain crucial intellectual works. They lobbied the U.S. Congress, and copyright was then extended from 75 years to 95. That means that instead of 1923 works hitting public domain in 1999 like they were about to, they instead stayed under copyright for an additional 20 years. During the last 20 years, we've seen an explosion of technology, mostly centered around the Internet. We've seen the rise of Google, Facebook, Twitter, Goodreads, smartphones, and of course, LibriVox. But we haven't seen a single work of literature enter the public domain in the U.S. 
For those of us who spend our free time making derivative works, such as audiobooks, out of public domain texts, this is a big deal. So, what are we going to do about it? Well, that's what I wanted to find out. So I asked around, and I'll be sharing a few of those responses with you here. I have a list of 29 works published in 1923 that I will put in book suggestions on January 1st. And I'm going to start a Robert Frost poetry collection. Well, right off the bat, 29 books and a poetry collection. I, for one, can't wait to see the list. For myself, I only have one as of now, and it's been on my mind for about a year and a half. Growing up, one of my favorite book series was Dr. Doolittle. To be honest, it took some convincing to get me to read it as a child. You see, I figured that a guy with a name like Doolittle must not do much, and so why would I want to read about him? Well, eventually I learned my mistake. But until now, only two of those books have been available for LibriVox. I'm currently coordinating a dramatic reading of the second book, and if you've never been involved in a dramatic reading, then you really should. So much fun. And when it is finished, I'll begin a dramatic reading of the third one, Dr. Doolittle's Post Office, published in 1923. I'm sorely tempted to play a preview of the current effort for you to enjoy, but instead, I'll let jkitty76 share her plans for 2019. Hi everyone, this is jkitty76. I'm excited for the new year 2019. One of the books I'm most excited about be seeing is Emily of New Moon, which is published in 1923 by Lucy Maud Montgomery, who is the same author of Anne of Green Gables. Emily is a high-spirited girl, an orphan, who goes to live with her two aunts, one strict and one kind, and her older cousin Jimmy. She loves her cats, writing poetry and novels. She gets herself into scrapes, often, induced by her curiosity and passion for finding out how things work. She goes through the regularity of life with a novelty only found in special children, and loves dreaming up stories to share with their friends and family. I plan to start this as a group project, for it is a regular-sized novel and too big of a project to begin by myself as a solo. My goals for LibriVox in 2019 are to finish my first solo that I've started, The Juvenile Bible, and to finish my two group projects, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Now, of course, fictional works are only a small slice of what we do at LibriVox, and there are many non-fiction works that will also be entering the public domain this year. One of the most well-known books from 1923 is a short book entitled The Prophet. While poking around in the forum, I saw that one volunteer on October 20th was wondering how long it would be before this book showed up in the launch pad. That question was quickly answered by Michelle Fry. Hello everyone, Michelle Fry here, and yes, it is very exciting for me that one title in particular will be released to the public domain in January 2019 and that is Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. I feel sure that many versions will follow mine, but mine, I believe, will be the first one on LibriVox, as in my enthusiasm, I've already submitted the project, and it's being held until January the 1st. My copy of this book is ragged and worn from so much reading over the years, and I began to practice recording some of it two years ago in preparation for this day. I discovered that while reading the book silently goes like butter, reading some parts of it aloud is a very different matter. Also, the book is not generally read cover to cover, but one picks out a short chapter to read to a friend, to meditate upon, or work into a ceremony. I had friendship read at my wedding by my maid of honor and BFF, who had driven 1,800 miles from Los Angeles to attend 
and everyone in the wedding party got a copy of the book. And yet, I found that continuous immersion in soul-searching topics, such as love, friendship, giving, work, etc., can start to bog one down in sentimentality. So I've been practicing my technique of keeping it light while still meaningfully steeped in wisdom, and that's a trick. Good thing I'm not easily daunted, for this will be a challenge. Michelle describes some of the challenges we all experience when we begin to read some of our favorite books aloud. I'm sure she's right, and that her recording of this book will be one of many more to come. Of course, it's very easy for anyone to type in a search query, books published in 1923, and see a list of popular titles, including the ones we've named thus far. That, to me, is like looking at the books that are on display front and center as soon as you walk into your local library. But one of the best things about libraries, I've always thought, is browsing the shelves for something that catches your eye, maybe something you've never heard of before, picking it up and falling in love with it. When I asked Maria Casper what she's excited about from 1923, her answer reminded me of that experience deep in the library shelves. I know that there's been a lot of attention paid to the really famous books that are going into the public domain January 1st. And it's exciting that works by people like Hemingway and Shaw are going into the public domain. I know why people are excited about those things. But actually what excites me is all of the random things that nobody's ever heard of that are now going to be available. I tend to really be interested in reading obscure nonfiction original sources, pamphlets, newspaper articles, journal articles. Usually what happens is I'm reading a book that I got from the library, and it quotes some original source, and I go looking for that source. And sometimes I get excited about it and say, oh, I could read this for LibriVox. That's how I happen to read an old lighthouse keeper's manual, insurance reports on the Great Chicago Fire, newspaper articles from the San Francisco earthquake, census takers' instructions from the 1870s. Sometimes I find a source that really interests me, and then I have to say to myself, oh darn, that one was published in 1931. I can't read it for LibriVox. Pooh. We were just stuck on 1922 forever, it seemed like. And now we're rolling forward by one year, and we're going to roll forward by another year, every year from now on, as far as I know. And that's quite exciting. That public domain is moving forward isn't just about being able to read the great novels published in the 1920s. It's about being able to read some really cool pamphlets and newspaper articles and who knows what else. These are things that are history. They help us understand history by seeing what people said about it at the time and not 50 years later in a history book. The perspective is just so much more immediate. Many things that are quite obscure and not of general interest are not worth the publisher's time and expense of putting out a reprint for people to buy. But if the work is in the public domain, they could very well just slap it up on the internet for us to read. And the more things we can read from a period, the more we understand the period. The more things go into the public domain, the better, as far as I'm concerned. There's now another whole year's worth of history that we'll be able to read through the eyes of the people who are living it at the time. Now, the only frustrating part about these new works entering public domain is that we're all just so darn excited to get started on them, but 
we'll still need to be careful that we go about it the right way. 1923 books will be public domain, but that doesn't necessarily mean that each subsequent copy of these books is fair game. If a 1923 book was reprinted in 51, well then that 51 printing likely has a completely new copyright all its own. That means that we'll need to find first editions, or copies made from first editions, and that could be tricky. We use Project Gutenberg as a source for many of our projects, but of course, they've been stuck in 1922 along with us, and it will take them time to begin producing e-books from 1923. My hope is that someone, somewhere, or even better, many someones, have already been scanning their own 1923 first edition books, for their own personal use, of course, and that come January 1st, they will decide to share these scans with the world through the magic of the Internet. The other question that I just can't help asking myself is, how will the added availability of books affect our aim at LibriVox? Our objective, our prime directive, if you will, is to make all books in the public domain available for free in audio format on the Internet. In 13 years, we've barely begun to put a dent in this. Now, with public domain expanding each year, is there any way we can possibly keep up? My list of projects to do is already longer than I can ever hope to complete, and seems to grow every week. It reminds me of that famous line from Ulysses by Tennyson, quote, Yet all experience is an arch where through gleams that untraveled world whose margin fades forever and forever when I move. There are over 2,300 threads over in the book suggestions forum, many of which are suggesting more than one title. So we have plenty to do, even if the 1923 books weren't coming into the public domain. Let's get cracking. We're now aiming at a moving target, and it may be actually, literally impossible to ever hit the bullseye. But each passionate LibriVox volunteer brings with them a whole quiver full of arrows, and each arrow fired brings value to the world of literature. I'll leave you with a few closing remarks from our contributors. I just wanted to say that LibriVox is a great place to read audiobooks, and if you're listening to this and you haven't registered yet, I encourage you to register and sign up for a project or two. It's a lot of fun and a great place to learn. I hope all of you have a happy new year, and much happy LibriVoxing in 2019. We have so much to look forward to in the coming years. Music